Well, we've been in the series Christ in Us for several weeks now, the month of July. And again, it's been so great to hear um, the folks who shared with us from our body uh, what God's put on their heart. And I want to continue that today. And I, I want to look at one, I think, really important implication of this idea of, of Jesus, of Christ being in us. And that is, as a result of that, we're actually called to demonstrate to a broader world more of, of who God is. And that one of the ways that we do this, one of the primary ways, according to Jesus, is by the good that we do to those around us. In other words, the way that we love others, serve the people around us, actually the way that we show compassion to the vulnerable, to the poor, um, to those who need it most, that we actually have a role to play in helping point people to God. And this is an idea that comes straight from Jesus. This is not my idea. He says this, and he's talking to his followers, which includes all of us, and this is a very famous uh, passage in Matthew 5. He says, you are the light of the world. Of course, light brings healing. Light brings warmth. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, again, I wish that Jesus, when he says, let your light shine before others, gave us like the five steps. He got really specific and told us exactly what that was to look like. But he doesn't do that. And one of the reasons I think he doesn't is because he's actually trusting us to follow him and to apply that in our setting, in our context, which is different for each of us. But very clearly, Jesus' command here is tied very closely to our actions. He says that the way that we are to let our light shine specifically is through our good deeds. Um, he doesn't say what they are. But again, when we look at his life and his teachings, you get a pretty good idea, I think, of what Jesus has in mind. Again, the way we serve, the way we care for the poor, the, the vulnerable, the way we love our neighbors. Jesus says, you, plural, you all, are to live in such a way. You are called to bring light and warmth and goodness to those around you. That the result is people would actually glorify God as a, as a result. They'd be drawn to him. Glorify means that they would turn their focus off of themselves or whatever it is they're focusing on, whatever they were doing, whatever they were believing, and say, huh, maybe I should consider God in a, in a different way. And so my point and where I'm going with this is to say, yes, as believers, Christ is in us, but there's a purpose for that. There's like a so that in order that that we could point others to God and be his ambassadors. Jesus says that our witness, meaning not just the witness of our words, but clearly here he means also our actions, should have a noticeable effect on the culture and the world around us. And so to that end, I just want to remind you a couple things about who we are as a church and what we're about, some key vision points in uh, where we see ourselves going. Um, just to back up a, a little bit, though. Last year, if you were a part of what we were doing, uh, we called it a year of spiritual formation. Anybody remember that? Everybody feeling formed? <laughs> but we spent the whole year focusing on our internal 
kind of inner worlds of our own inner life with God, communion with him, our, our spiritual growth. We grew in things like spiritual practices or disciplines, like solitude, silence, Sabbath, and so on, learning to be with Jesus. If you'll recall in the fall, we did lots of work in the area of emotional health, and that was interesting, wasn't it? That it turns out there are things beneath the surface in all of our lives that are driving us and shaping our interactions and our relationships and how we see ourselves and how we show up to the world, and many of these things we are completely oblivious to. So we grew in that area, but we did all of that with the understanding that that work that eventually that hard work goes, it points outward, that we would let our light shine and, and be a little bit brighter. And I say that because I know there were those of you here, you doer people, you like, you're active, you're like, come on, let's go, enough about my feelings, enough about what's going on in my inner world, let's get some stuff done, right? You don't have to out yourself, but I know there's some people here like that which I hope in the course of this you paused long enough to wrestle with the fact of why is it easier for me to do stuff, to do things for God than it is to simply be with him or to be in his presence or to get to know him better? There might be something there to explore. Of course, when it comes to following Jesus, I think one of the points is that all of our doing would be an overflow of first learning to, to be with him, to become more like him. I mean, Jesus himself, he kind of has the idea that like, it actually doesn't matter if you're doing the right thing, if something's wrong in your heart. So your motive matters, where things are coming from. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you can give everything to the poor. Just liquidate all of your assets, gone to the poor. If you do that without love though, Paul says, it's, it's for nothing. You've accomplished nothing. And so what I hope we're going to see here in, in, as we continue to go through this year is these two things actually go together. My inner life with God and then what I do, how I serve, how I uh, make a difference in the world. Our inner world really, really matters. Yes, though, of course, growing in our discipleship should inevitably then push us beyond ourselves. Of course, it should compel us outward to love our neighbors and to meet the needs of those around us. And if that doesn't happen, we need to ask some really hard questions about if it's really Jesus we're following. So we see those two things as going together, inward, outward. We gather in order to be sent. Um, God transforms our hearts, and then from there or as that's happening, we go out and, and participate in his kingdom work around us. So a big part of our seven-year vision is that we would all, and this is corporately and individually, that we would grow in our posture of service in our community. We say it this way. We will cultivate and coordinate opportunities to personally identify with and engage in the struggle of the poor and oppressed on an ongoing basis. And so last year, we started this year of spiritual formation. This year, we came into it saying, okay, how does this then lead us out? How does this lead us to serve uh, as a natural overflow of the growth and the transformation that God is bringing to, to our own lives? At the beginning of the year, we really got our, we have a team called Love Your Neighbor. And it's a team of really passionate leaders, uh, 
volunteer leaders, rather, who are passionate about helping us as a church figure out our next steps in this area where God's calling us in our city. And this group of folks meet monthly to help move us forward um, in this area. We do believe, and this is not new to anyone here, God has called us to downtown. He's provided us this space, um, this facility. We believe he has us here for a reason. And so from our very first days here, we began saying, okay, well, then how can we serve our neighbors? Like we should start with our actual literal neighbors. And so we got involved with YWCA and A Better Way and and Christian Ministries. And we've explored different neighborhoods, Old West End, and we've done some things there and to the south, Avondale and South Central. And we've given lots of money to various nonprofits. And many of you here volunteer with some of those organizations. You give of your time. But in this season uh, that we're in, we've been asking, what else is God perhaps calling us to do? I don't know if you feel this or not, but for me, one of the challenges with like working in the community, does anybody ever feel like, where do I start? Does anybody ever feel like overwhelmed when you think about there's like addiction and homelessness and poverty and racial divides and I mean, generational stuff. It's just like on and on and on everywhere you look. And it, does it ever feel just a little bit overwhelming to anybody else? Where do I begin? And then you kind of add to that. And there, and there are people doing great things, but it's like, wh- what are we supposed to do? You add to that. You know, people will ask the question sometimes, you know, what's Common Way doing to impact Muncie? Or even a more pointed question, which I think has relevance. If Common Way weren't here, you know, tomorrow, would the city, would the community even notice? Would they miss us at all? But see, when I hear those questions, kind of another layer of this, my psychology, I guess, is I think, boy, we got to have a big answer to that. We got to do something big, like, like something that you could put on a brochure and it would communicate, you know. Um, and so you can almost end up feeling you know, kind of paralyzed by that. And where do I start? And it's overwhelming. And I don't feel like I'm doing enough. So that's been largely kind of where we've been in the discernment process. And we came into this year, and I remember just having this conversation with our staff and the board and this Love Your Neighbor um, committee or team, having the conversation of what would it look like to just forget the pressure, forget the brochure, forget the headlines, okay? What would it look like just to to focus on what God has given us. And just kind of ask that question, God, what have you kind of put in our hands? And forget worrying if it sounds big enough. In terms of people, who has God connected us to that maybe he wants to develop a partnership? Or... And so we have began this year, we've just been kind of going through those doors as we have them and seeing what sticks and what, well, that was weird, that didn't work, and let's not do that again. Um, and the other thing I want to say is that we've had some principles, some convictions that have guided us over the years. We've been refining these through prayer, through our reading, our studying, through our conversations with experts who know way more than we do about uh, impacting communities in this way. And so we know that we want to be engaged long term. This work takes a really long time. We know we want to serve our community, and this is like a non-negotiable, in a relationally honoring way, in a way that gives people like dignity, (laughs) Um, and empowers people. We want to do this kind of work from a posture of humility. One of the things that's been very clear to me is I have blind spots in terms of my assumptions about what's helpful. And did you know that not everything I think is helpful is actually helpful? 
in like the neighborhood context we're, we're working in. Um, so we want to approach this with humility and, and how do I need to change and what do I need to learn in the process? So we have kind of our values, a little bit of our strategy that's being refined. We're really open-handed this year just saying, God, would you show us? Would you make it clear? In February, uh, we had our Moved with Compassion series. And if you recall, one of the points is that, of course, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves. The brilliant thing that he does is he redefines neighbor to basically include any person in front of you who's in need. As a practical part of that, we started our Love Your Neighbor wall in the lobby. And if you go out there, um, and you actually have to kind of go around the corner, you see the wall, but there's the, the important part is on the side you can't see when you're going out. Uh, but these are vetted volunteer opportunities, ways to engage with some of our community partners. And they represent all kinds of ways that you, or maybe you and your family, or you and your small group can be involved in serving. Uh, in the community, whether it's a one-off thing or it's an ongoing basis. And so starting at the beginning of this year, we've been asking you to just to get in the habit of stopping by the wall. And there's these little cards, these little signs with QR codes you can scan and get more information about a given opportunity. And we've been challenging. You don't have to do it all. That's the point. But would you be willing to do something? And we're going to keep saying that. And as we go into the fall, you're going to hear me say, could you, would you be willing with you and your family or you and your small group to pick one thing off of that wall to commit to serving? It could be a Saturday morning or whatever. One time during the fall we, would be huge. Then a handful of weeks after we talked about that as part of Lent, we did something called One Day's Wages, um, where we challenged everybody, if you were able to give one day's wages uh, to the Lighthouse, which is a recovery home about a mile for here, from here, addiction recovery home for women through Urban Light um, CDC. And we issued the challenge, and again, your response was amazing. We raised over like $26,000 that we gave all that to them. Um, and I just want to say, in that moment, I just felt so proud of us as a church, the way that you guys it's like I feel like we have all of this potential in terms of gifting and capacity and we're in different seasons, but like you put it all together and it's like, God, I think has really put this amazing group of people together and he wants, a, he wants us to do things in this community to be a light. So I just, I just want to say that made me feel so proud. And so we're continuing to move forward. There's a well-known uh, verse or couple of verses in Hebrews 10 that I've been thinking about this week. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I mean, this writer of Hebrews is addressing the church. This is written to, to believers like you and me. And the idea that as we gather, one of the reasons we come together is that we would actually Encourage. We would spur each other on that as a result of being here, we'd have more energy. We'd have um, more desire to be ab about these things. I guess my point is I need you in my life to do this. I actually need you to push me, um, to encourage me, to spur me on because otherwise... I get discouraged, and I, I think I get discouraged probably easier than most people. 
I just get overwhelmed. I, get, I look at the circumstances. I doom scroll and just think about all the horrible things that are going on and what difference am I going to make. Without you spurring me on, there are times when I am tempted to give up. Or at the very least, I just get busy with my own problems and my own life stuff. I want to share just what I've seen our church be involved in. So that was kind of the spring. I want to move into the summer and celebrate some of these stories. Because let me tell you something. A lot of churches, to be honest, kind of take summer off. And I just want to say, not you all. That is not the last thing that's happened this summer. Some really great things are happening, and I hope this encourages you and motivates you. So here are a few highlights from the summer. And again, this is not meant to be exhaustive. I just want us to know what we're a part of and kind of what's at stake and where things are growing and, and, and moving forward. The thing I like about this list that I'm going to read is none of them involve like a ton of people showing up at once. And in fact, as we're learning, we actually think that's probably a better thing as far as from the perspective of folks in the neighborhoods we're serving. You think about 200 people showing up to rake leaves and you live there. I don't get, it's weird. That's weird. So don't do that. And so it's been, I think, part of our learning, part of our strategy. Great that it's a handful of us at a time showing up with the desire to build relationships and, um, and to, to deepen those. And so... Uh, this spring, we had some volunteers help with Muncie Central, reached out to us and said, could you help with our Earth Day? We just need some adult chaperones to help in the school and the surrounding neighborhoods with some activities that they were doing. I think not long after that, we had a group of guys from the church uh, get together, um, someone's workshop, and they began making these picnic tables for Avondale Church. And every Thursday, as you probably know from when Neil was here, there's a community meal. And so these, I didn't even realize this was happening. And I was on a neighborhood tour, and they were like, yeah, those are the tables that Commonway. I was like, we did? So, <laughs> so they're out there right now being used at, full every, every Thursday for this community meal. So well done, guys. Um, we've had other folks join with some people in different churches and help with the community gardens in Avondale and South Central. We've had some people go on a couple different organized walks through the 812 Coalition just to learn more about the neighborhood and who the people are and what the needs are and what's, what's been happening. At the beginning of the summer, we helped with Avondale's kind of block party. It was like, school's out, let's party. And so we got together in the parking lot with there was some blow-up games and activities uh, for kids. We had others serve a community meal in the industry neighborhood, a, a new initiative that uh, Urban Light was starting. Um, so folks helping just, again, meet people, listen to stories, share, share a meal together and get to know some new people. Um, so that happened. I don't have any, oh, I do want to show you this picture of Billy Lynch looking really, really serious about cornhole. So that's awesome. I don't have a picture for this, but um, we've had some folks help with coaching Little League at the Ross Center. Really nice facility there, and they just needed some, again, some adult kind of leadership. Mark Paschal has been instrumental in that and showing up and really seeing that as an opportunity to, to mentor and to speak life into these kids. Our youth group has gone to Memphis. A handful of them went down to, to serve 
uh, some folks in need. And then they also did kind of last week uh, a number of miniature or smaller things in, in, the, in Muncie. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I just want to say, way to go, common way. Like, that's what, that's what we're talking about. These things are beginning to happen. And I love that people are just showing up and doing this. And it's not about the headlines. It's not about, <laughs> what's that saying? You can get an awful lot done if you don't care who gets the credit. Not about getting credit or, or look at me or applause or anything like that. We're just trying our best to love people and to get to know them. Again, learning about our approach and where do we need to change and where is there something off in my heart that's actually shaping how I interact with people who are different than me and so on. So we're, we're learning to better be the church. And again, I'm so proud of us as a church and the ways that you all have stepped up to serve. I love this quote by, I think this is so relevant, Shane Claiborne. Everyone wants a revolution, but nobody wants to do the dishes. That's so true, isn't it? So again, I just applaud, I commend your willingness to work behind the scenes and uh, to serve quietly, oftentimes in the background, um, and to, to do this important work. You also know we had a group of about 18 people uh, go to Nicaragua this summer. There's Jeremy. I told you he was our fearless, our fearless leader. Uh, And again, I'm reminded that it really is simple things. It's showing up. It's listening, having conversations. I was really struck um, in July when we were there or in, was it July? Yeah, see. I was very struck by how much they've, uh, has been accomplished. Uh, we started our partnership with FH um, like six, seven years ago, and we're, right now, this is a picture of the first bathroom. Our very first project, um, the, we give a kind of a project fee when we go down. They wanted to build like an actual toilet area for their, for their kids at the school. And so I just was struck by, that thing looks old, and that was new. <laughs> That's how long we've been, been doing this. Um, but just to show up and to see all of the progress, many of you in this room sponsor a child. And again, you do that month after month, faithfully. No fanfare, no recognition. You just send the check or it just goes out. That money is what's enabling all of these things to happen as far as to develop a really pretty impoverished community in Nicaragua. In the last six years, that money has been used to provide medical care, to build clinics, to build water systems, to bring much-needed infrastructure to this very, very rural, mountainous communities. It's been used to start businesses, um, to provide university scholarships. It's been used to help identify community leaders. Like what a, in a given community, what are the leaders? What are the assets? And people rising to that occasion. It's been used to hire many, many staff for Food for the Hungry who are out on a daily basis in the community, in people's homes, sharing the love of God and teaching people how to, um, empowering people out of poverty. So God is using us to bring hope and joy. And I was so moved. I was there in, in late November, early December just to kind of check things out, but then especially on this trip. Um, the community is being changed. Lives are actually being transformed. Uh, like a whole next generation of kids is gaining more and more hope for their future than they had 
than they would have had opportunity otherwise. Families are changing. Communities are being transformed. So I just want to encourage you that that's happening because we don't see it. And that's kind of my point is it's easy to get discouraged because you don't see the results. Um, it's not happening overnight. Not one particular thing was like especially dramatic or, or anything like that. But I actually think it is pretty significant and actually dramatic if you take a step back and think about everything. When we first started uh, our work there, FH had a handful of staff. And I don't think this is probably everybody. This is our team and then the FH staff. And there are now 32 of them, 32 FH staff who are connected. Obviously, they're doing the work. They're doing the dishes, right, um, behind the scenes, day in, day out, loving kids, coordinating sponsorships, helping people form savings groups, sending people to university. I mean, they're doing all of these things. And I really see our role there is to encourage them, to, to cheer them on. I went this time with like the express purpose of like, how can I just help them keep going? If there's a word that I can do, if I, if I could just, you know, a word of encouragement or whatever it is um, to spur them on. This shows the, this is Nicaragua, the country. And um, this purple dot, it's interesting. This is actually Calatu. This is the area that we're in. And each of these dots represents a church partnership. So these four different areas, this is up and coming on the, on the Caribbean coast. Um, <clears throat> what you'll notice here is this, rep, this dot represents 6,000 people in these, in these communities. It's Kalatu and then the surrounding villages. 6,000 people that you all have a hand in bringing the hope and, and love, being a light um, to them. Um, at the end of our time, they kind of gathered us together, and it, it was funny. Every school we went to, every, they had all these signs, Welcome Commonway Church. I don't know where they, they made a lot of them. And um, we gather and just kind of, again, share some final encouragement, pray with each other, and that kind of thing. And Jorge, who was the director of, of FH in this region, he stood up and he said, I don't know if you guys think of it this way, but like, we think of Commonway, we think of ourselves as an extension of Commonway Church. How cool is that uh, in, in uh, Nicaragua? And so again, I just want you to be encouraged. It's working. It's working. We've got a ways to go, but things are happening. I leaned over to Jeremy at one point, and we're talking was at night after uh, a meeting we had with, this, with our team, and I just said, I kind of have a feeling that this may be one of the most significant things that we're doing as a church. Like all the great stuff Commonway's doing and the programs and the, lots, of, lots of things to celebrate. I sometimes have this sneaking suspicion that from like God's perspective, he's like, That's, this is where it's at. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so for what that's worth, well done again. Uh, last story about that and then I'll, I'll wrap things up here. We had a translator, uh, her name is Sylvia, and she's a very, very impressive individual, like multiple master's degrees, all kinds of skills and talents, and a long resume, and she doesn't work normally with FH, they just contract, hired her out, you know, as a, as a very accomplished translator. So she's worked with different groups, and she's been a part of different, you know, these nonprofit organizations, and worked with a lot of Western, or Americans, North Americans, uh, in the process. And um, we got along with her great. 
our girls, our middle and high school girls, really made a special connection with her, and they had kind of a, a shared bond and really appreciated her investment in them. But on our last night there, uh, we were having dinner, and, and we were saying goodbyes, and this is kind of an uh, unplanned picture, of course. And she got emotional, and she started tearing up. And she shared how she didn't really have that great of a home life growing up and just some dynamics with her parents. And she confessed that one of the things that really stood out to her about our, our whole trip and everything that we did was she said she just kind of watched the parents interact with their kids. And there was something about the way, she said, the way that like the parents, just like, like really basic stuff, like we loved our kids and we weren't rude to them and we, you know, respect them and just the way that we inter interacted and the closeness, um, it, she started crying because she said, that's something I've never, I didn't experience. And she said that was really, really healing for her to see that. And I mentioned that again, not to say we were great, I, I, we didn't know we we're doing anything, um, but to say we get to this point where she's crying, we're crying. We did not go on that trip with the goal of leaving an impression on our translator because of our family interactions. But that's why I said at the beginning, what we do, the what we do in terms of letting our light shine, it flows out of who we are. It flows out of our ongoing relationship with Jesus, our becoming more like him. That as we let our light shine, we actually don't know uh, people will notice things we may not even be aware of. So I, I wanted to share a few updates because, I, A, there's a good chance most of you, we don't all know everything that's going on because a lot's going on. And so I hope you're encouraged. There's a lot to celebrate. I also say that to say we're going to keep pushing on this area. We're halfway through the year. And we've made some progress, and we're going to keep going. Um, in August, we're really hopeful that we're going to be able to have a whole list of kids that are, we, we would like to be able to sponsor, additional children. Again, we're the only church partnered with this region in Calatoo. There's 6,000 kids, families. Um, so there's a lot more that we could do. Here's the Moulton family in the background with, with their sponsored child. So you'll be hearing about that hopefully in August. Even more so as we continue into the fall. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we're going to have kind of an eight-week Sunday experience and small group experience starting in September called Seeking Shalom. And the subtitle, which there's no way you can read unless you have amazing eyesight, how reimagining our response to poverty can transform lives and restore communities. And so we're going to spend eight weeks on this as a church. And this content is very good. It's very challenging because, again, we got to come to this with a place of posture of humility. And what do we perhaps need to unlearn? When you see someone asking for money on the side of the street, where does your mind immediately go about assumptions about why that person's there and what they're... So this, it could be a little bit painful for me, okay? So we're going to do this. We have to kick off, you'll hear more about this, the author of this book is coming uh, the weekend of September 10th to, to kind of kick this off. So we will share more. We want to be a church that genuinely makes a difference. In this community, in Nicaragua, we're focused. And again, not in a look at us or look how great we are.
Not at all. I'm, I'm like a mess, okay? You all know that. Um, but in, in a way like this, Jesus says, let your light shine so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There is supposed to be a connection between the way that we live that people can look at and notice. Whether they're a God person or not, whether they have questions about God, Bible, Jesus, church, or whatever, that they would see that and go, what they're doing, that's just undeniably good. They're making a difference. That group, that church, those Christians, it's making our world, our neighborhood, our community a better place. And they may not ultimately believe what we believe, but they should be able to recognize, hey, you know what? There's a little more light here than there was before they got here or they got involved. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do you know why he says we should not get weary in doing good? Because the temptation, the tendency will be to get tired, <laughs> to then like want to give up along the way. So I want to encourage us to keep going. As I close, I just want to leave you with one question. Who do you know in your life that's, that's doing some of this, that's doing the dishes, so to speak, behind the, behind the scenes, not looking for attention, not looking to grab the headlines or anything like that, that you, by noticing them, could play a role in encouraging them, in spurring them on? Who do you know that's around you in your life who's maybe on the edge, on the verge of saying, you know what, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if I'm actually making a difference as I serve, and many of you are a part of different things, as I serve here or give here or attempt this. So I just would like to ask you, to ask God, to put on your heart an individual. And then how can you this week speak life into them? How can you spur them on and maybe be a voice that helps them keep going uh, for another day? Would you stand with me? And we'll pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we, we're just grateful for the ways that you're working in and through us. God, what a privilege it is to, to partner with you. Um, God, we know that you want to bring light and healing and transformation, not just to like our souls, not just to our hearts, but to our community, to whole cities at a time. And so, Father, I pray that you would continue to work through us. Help us to learn what you want us to learn. Help us to wrestle with and, and to grow in the areas. This is actually going to cause us to grow first. And that that inside-out change uh, would bring hope and flourishing to our community. God, I pray at the end of the day, people would not say, look at Common Way, or they're great, or they're doing a lot of things, or anything like that. But that people would simply be drawn to you. People would say, look at what God has done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.